0: Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Home Theater United. I'm Sam Poston and that silence you're hearing is the absence of Brian Dobbs. Uh, so this is a, uh, a slight change to the format of the of the podcast. Brian's taking a little bit of personal time, and uh, I'm going to continue on with the show solo. Uh, so Brian and I are still good friends. We're still chatting over email and stuff like that. He's just got some other priorities right now, and we wish him all the best and look forward to him rejoining the show. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, we're going to continue on with the whole united concept behind Home Theater United. And tonight we are kicking that into a real, real uh, overdrive. We have four guests on tonight, which I think is the most that we've ever had. Uh, they're all YouTube superstars and um, and experts in uh, panel technology and have their fingers on the pulse Of what is coming to you guys in stores in 2022. So we will uh, we're we're gonna have a about an hour long discussion with those guys and see what's uh, what's on their mind, what they've seen so far, and what they're looking forward to in 2022. Uh, I've got a pre-order in on a 42 inch LG C1 or C2, so I'm looking forward to that and hearing what they're thinking about the C and G lines from LG and what might be competitors to that. So with that, uh, we're going to kick it off into this, what we're calling the 2022 uh, Flat Panel Roundtable. And I'm going to introduce uh, all four of our guests and then we'll uh, let them say hi and talk about where you can find them and uh, what what brought them into um, panel technology and go from there. So tonight uh, on the show, we have uh, four guests. We First of all, we have Home Theater Forum's own Stop the FOMO, we have uh, Whisper Status, we have Keep It Classy Tech, and we have Tech with KG. Um, and so let's uh, kick it off start with FOMO. FOMO, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself that uh, Home Theater Forum uh, members uh, will recognize you from and what your social media is and go from there.
1: Sure. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, you know, it's funny. I've been listening to you for quite a while, not realizing that you are the same Sam that's on the, <laughs> the forum. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. This is the dude, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's kind of cool. So yep. uh, I've always been a, a closet nerd when it comes to this stuff with AVRs and home theater and stuff. So uh, my I started my channel after shopping for a TV upgrade, right? Kind of building out my home theater. And it was a mess of reviews that didn't answer my questions. So I started my own channel, right? So Stop the FOMO, started a few years ago. And I, I just geek out on panel technology. And especially reading through all the hype because when I was shopping, all the hype sounded very awesome but then nothing separated the hype right because they all cost one thousand or two thousand and at the end of the day i didn't know if it actually fit my use case right because everyone has a different use case some people sure. are dark room some people game bright room so i thought you know there's space for yet another channel to try and cut through that hype and put it exactly the way I watch it, right? So that's what started my channel. So people could see uh, my content on YouTube, Stop the FOMO, right? Type that in and you'll see all my TV reviews. And I also do a lot of commentary, news updates, because I just love following uh, tech and where it's going. And if they have any questions for me, they can always find me on Twitter at FOMOReviews. So just type in FOMO reviews, you'll find me. If you have you any questions about TVs or the pricing, is this a good price? Or is this the right TV for me if I'm in a dark room or whatever? Go ahead and just tweet me. I normally answer within 24 hours, 48 hours, because you know, we have a strong community that I share with the rest of our guests. So if I don't answer it, oftentimes these guys will jump in and answer it. I'm like, oh, cool, all right. Then. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. And I, I, thanks for having me.
0: Oh, awesome. That And, and that's exactly why we we rebranded as home theater united you know home theater forums are home but we definitely are trying to get out and talk to other members of the community um and and to be honest uh, you know places like avs are way more down in the weeds on technology and places like your guys reviews are just so you know deep coverage that nobody at home theater forum is doing so this is awesome getting to talk to folks like you and uh, let's now kick it over to whisper status whisper can you tell us a little bit about uh, your superhero origin story and and where folks can find you
2: Hi, Sam. Thank you so much for having me on. My name is Brian from WhisperStatus 74. I started the channel about four years ago. I've been a huge home theater nut since I was a kid. And the dream was always um, at my age to bring the theater home. Dolby Pro Logic, uh, Mini Systems, Gaming, Turbo Graphics, Sega, Atari. And um, I started the channel simply because I had run into a string of defective TVs in 2015 and 2016. So I found there was really nowhere to go to deal with um, yeah. damage panels or uh, defects or anything like that. So I created a genre called tech therapy, where I oh, do cool. try to bring a positive light and community um, where I found a lot of social media around avr to be very toxic oh, so yeah. i tried to bring a calming more positive voice um and bring a positive community to help people determine if their panels were defective or not with the panel lottery that we're all pretty much aware of so um i focus primarily on tv technology gaming movie reviews but uh more than anything it was just building a very positive non-toxic community and building it very slowly
0: awesome awesome All right, how about you, uh, Tech with KG?
3: Uh, Yeah, uh, how's it going, everybody? Uh, Tech with KG. Uh, I started my channel about two years ago, kind of by accident. Um, (laughs) So a little bit of background on me is I've been into tech pretty much my whole entire life. I remember watching david katzmeyer on cnet uh, back yeah. in the day and i was a big fan of uh uh g4 tv and even before that mm. uh, they had the tech tv and all the call-in shows and i just remember wanting to be kind of like a tech journalist one day and always kind of wanting to do that but i went down a different route i went and i was like an audio specialist and i was more into like music and audio so i grew up kind of wanting to be an audio engineer and then slowly that was not working out as great as I thought so I got a job at Best Buy and I started talking about TV technology because I was really into it so I started selling TVs at Best Buy and I realized the best part of the job was talking to customers about TV technology. And it was like the most fulfilling part of my day was helping somebody decide on what TV is going to be best for their home and for their budget. And so to be able to help them make that decision and then for them to come back to the store two weeks later and to thank me personally, I was like, that's a really cool feeling. I I like that a lot. And so what happened was two years later, I ended up buying a TV and, uh, Checking it out, putting it on a YouTube channel and just saying, hey, let me just try to do a review. Um, I wasn't expecting it to go anywhere. I just wanted to talk about the Q90T, which I didn't see a review on anywhere else. So I gave my take on a Q90T. It got way more views than I thought. And then everybody was like, hey, keep making content on the Q90T. So I did it all year long. And that eventually evolved into more TVs. And now like, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. I absolutely love TV technology. And I also wanted to bring a different kind of take to this because when I was looking up TV reviews and when I was looking up reviews for the Q90T, which is why I made the review in the first place, is because there was like no gaming reviews for TVs. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, I need to get more gaming reviews out there because there's a lot of gamers that are transitioning into TVs and they're not just on monitors anymore. So I felt like I need to bring gaming to the TV space and I feel like I accomplished that and I...
0: That's amazing. Where can where can fi- folks find you online?
3: Oh yeah, um, I have a YouTube channel, uh, Tech with KG, and then I also am on Twitter at Tech with KG, and I am on Instagram at Produced by KG.
0: Nice. Okay, and then we'll kick it over to uh, Keep It Classy Tech.
4: So I've been uh, into the, more the TV side of AV since uh, probably like 2005. Uh, also. You know, reading all the David Katzmeyer reviews and being on AVS forum and going through, you know, uh, different, like the, the original HDTVs, you know, even the CRT 1080i HDTVs when they were coming out and then had some plasmas, projectors and so on. Ended up going into uh, PC stuff uh, a lot, uh, working as a PC hardware engineer for a while. And then uh, when I started really putting effort into my channel last year, I uh, actually started uh, you know, with PC videos, uh, but I had the Sony X900H, and uh, i sure quite a few people know about all the issues and problems with that TV, and uh, so when the X90J was coming out, I um, made some videos, you know, we got to pick that up to see if they fixed the issues, and pretty much was just going to do a, you know a few videos on that to uh, just point out if issues got fixed or not, and uh, well, then I ended up getting the LG C1 uh, before there was any videos on it yet, and then finding out about the panel lottery and if it's an old panel, new panel and stuff, and then it just kind of just grew from there and just kept getting new TVs and reviewing them and met FOMO and uh, Brandon, Brian, everybody, and um, just kept going and then ended up getting my ISF Level 3 certification for TV calibration and just really going very technical in my videos and try to find all the ins and outs and point everything out. Um, you know, pros and cons try to just stay very neutral. And, uh, you know, uh, some people will still say I'm biased, but I always (laughs) try to keep bias out of it and just provide the information as it is. And then let the viewers take it as they will.
0: Nice. And where can folks find you online?
4: Uh, keep it classy tech on YouTube and then Twitter it's at K I C underscore tech.
0: Gotcha. And then,
4: uh, on AVS forum, I'm
0: trying to get my name changed.
4: (laughs) <laughs> uh, but they haven't done it yet. But it's C T M Audi on A V S form.
0: Okay, cool. And we should we should note that uh, you're mobile, so that you could be uh, participate in this call. And we really appreciate that. But uh, if there's yep. a little bit of background noise, we're gonna we're gonna look past that for you. So thank you for joining us, and we appreciate it. And we look forward to it, all four <laughs> of you guys uh, jumping in here. So that brings us to yeah, the action. You, uh- Go ahead.
4: Just because thank you for having me on, and uh, I do got to step out for about 10 minutes, and I'll be back, and I should be uh, able to switch over to mic and headphones
0: pretty soon, too. Perfect. Thank you, and be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. So that kicks us over to our actual roundtable here, and the thing that I am really most interested in, and and viewers know that uh, I really want that ninety-seven-inch G two. Uh, but what are you guys uh, particularly excited about for for twenty twenty-two, and especially coming off of you know the highs of panel improvements last year were just great, but they were really a lot of stuff was you know at the high end and very expensive. So uh, what do you guys see happening in 2022, and you know what, what's top of your mind? Let's start with you, Brian. Well,
2: oh, Dan, thank you so much. Um, for me, the return of the backlight master drive and the new Sony LEDs, as uh, Sony's moving to mini-LED for its X95J and Z9K, which is 4K flagship, is the X95, mm-hmm. and the Z9K is their 8K flagship master series. Um, I have the C2 here at 55 inches already. I currently have OLEDs, which I love, but I'm an um, LED fan at heart. I love that high-peak brightness. And like you, I'm uh, very excited to see the larger OLEDs as well. But right now, for me, other than the QD OLEDs, which are a little too small at 55 and 65, I think the return of the backlight master drive makes me pretty excited.
0: That's awesome. I I should note that I have a 77-inch Sony 940e. Which was the precursor to, to to those big jumps. So I'm looking yeah, forward I to have see- it. Yeah, great. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that that plays out too. Fomo, what about you?
1: Definitely the cutie Ola TVs. Uh either from Sony, the A95K, or the Samsung S95B. And for me, uh, size is not as much of a requirement, because I sit about seven feet away anyway Mm -hmm. when I'm (laughs) reviewing TVs. And my main TV at home is also 65-inch, and the most popular size right now currently sold in the USA is 65, but I think it's going to trend towards 75 in the next couple of years. But still, at 65 inches, the reason why I think QD OLED is going to be a game-changer is when uh, both Classy and Whisper Status were with me at the shootout, we noticed definitely that all the TVs were missing some color in the skin tones. Not in HDR, right? This is just regular movies that the reference monitor from the Sony had more color. It was that obvious. And the hope is that this means the color gamut is wide enough on the QD OLED to match what the reference matter is, because normally you have to choose very specific material to see the differences between, you know, various brightness in TVs or OLEDs, right? Maybe less than 10% of that material is what brings out the differences. But in every scene, whether it's just facial skin tones, whether it's, you know, Greatest Showman or The Kingsman, I just felt that the reference monitor had more color in the skin tones. So the hope is that the wider color gamut at over 90% on the QD OLED is going to give me that same level of color accuracy as a reference monitor. That means I could enjoy it on all content, not just the seven or eight. HDR movies that hit over 2,000 nits, right? Sure, we know what yeah. they are, but yeah, this means that anyone who gets a QDO they could actually enjoy it with almost all of their older non-HDR discs even, if that's possible. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, have you spent any time at all with either of them? Have you seen them at like trade shows or anything oh, yet?
1: Oh, yeah. No, not yet. So at CES, it was there but hidden in the back. And, mm-hmm. and I was un- unable to make that visit, but it would have been bad for me anyway because it was in vivid mode. So it's really hard uh, to tell if that was accurate. I do have both the A95K and S95B on order with uh, Robert Zone at Valley Electronics. So Mm -hmm. as soon as I get them, we could then compare them with the LG G2 and the A90J to see if this is really, this wide color gamut is actually something that we will notice in real content. So yeah, I'm definitely looking to validate that because they're expensive, right? Yeah. The S95B is like $3,000 and then the Sony A95K is $4,000. So that's that's quite a premium to justify.
0: Yep. Okay. Well, that that that's a it's awesome that everybody's got such different focuses. Um, normally, I don't give a, a big amount of attention to either bigger or smaller panels. But you know, as a gamer I, and and somebody who wants to have OLED on a computer desktop, I'm you know I tried the forty eight last year. It was too big for me. And so I'm, I'm going to try the 42 this year, and we'll see how, if that's too big. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of disappointed with the the performance uh, and pricing of uh, projection at this point. So I'm hoping that panels can get bigger and uh, you know put put their foot into that arena. So I hear what you're saying. Uh, and as somebody who's colorblind, I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to enjoy that 10% difference. So I really look forward to seeing what you guys have to say about them, if it's worth that premium. So very cool. So, uh, so we'll kick it over to Tech with KG.
3: Oh, yeah. So um, I think what I'm most excited about with TV technology in general, um, first I'm going to talk about like the enhancements that's coming to TVs like in the next couple of years. And what we've been seeing as a pattern is the... Improvements of processing like yeah. the AI processing and everything is just getting so much better and we saw that last year with Sony's XR chip Yeah, and it was doing things that was above any other TV Like I put the a and the C1 side by side and I clearly saw that the a was just more detailed Like you could just see the image quality was better overall in terms of just the whole entire picture quality so I'm excited about that and I'm seeing more and more TV companies jump towards that LG made promises that they were going to look at that some more, too. And they, they've made some strides this year. I haven't seen the C2 or G2, but I'm hearing some pretty good things about it. And from what I'm seeing from just the uh, Samsung TV that I got right now, the QN85B, they have made leaps and bounds over where they were last year with the QN90A in terms of image processing. So, like, that kind of stuff really excites me. But as far as, like, the TV that excites me the most this year, it's definitely going to be the QD OLEDs. I think that that's sort of like my dream TV is bringing Quantum Dot and OLED together. Like, that's something that I was really hoping for for a while. So, yeah, that's the one that I'm really excited for.
0: That's cool. That's cool. And uh, do you include, like, um, motion processing in that or just overall picture pixel quality?
3: Uh, I'm really mainly talking about the, the image quality, but the motion is definitely far and away better on Sony um, than any other TV that I've seen last year. So, yeah, that, that definitely uh, factors into it.
0: Yeah, as a C1 owner, uh, panning sometimes takes me out of the, um, out of the moment. And uh, it's, it's a balancing issue, right? If you get the best panning, you don't always get the best, um, you know, pixel quality. And if you go for pixel quality, sometimes you get that little bit of stutter set with it. So I'm interested to see how uh, LG turns that uh, up this year for sure. Awesome. So, so uh, I know we're all super excited about the, the the panels for for different reasons, and I wasn't expecting that. My expectation was that you know L G uh, seems seemed to be you know firing on all cylinders last year. I, I know there was a lot of um, uh, a lot of excitement about Sony's A series at the high end, and certainly Samsung has their fans. But do you think? Uh, who do you think is gonna be the brand to beat and the TV to beat this year, going especially going into you know the the shootout season? What do you think there, uh, Whisper?
2: Well, LG <clears throat> has kind of killing it with mass. I mean, they're covering all the sizes this year with the C2, um, all the way down to the smaller sizes, 42, 48, 55, 65, 77, 83. The G2 actually has an 83-inch this year, as well as a 77-inch. Then they also have their B-series and A-series. They're improved over last year. I've seen both of them and filmed both of them. I do feel there's a noticeable difference between the C1 and C2. I think they're more vibrant, um, regardless of what the numbers have shown. Um, And some, it just seems more vibrant to me than my C1. Um, But I do think the QD OLEDs are going to steal the show this year. They're just... As FOMO had mentioned, the color gamut, you don't even know what's missing until you see it. Right. And Samsung is able to actually display that. It's what we saw last year in the shootout, is even though the clarity was there. But I think LG will continue to do well just with the amount of sizes, the affordability, and also it really can't be touched in regards to gaming. The new gaming optimizer is excellent. Uh, V-Sync, G-Sync, FreeSync, it just it really does... A ton, and again, having uh, going against the A90K at the smaller sizes, it will be cheaper than the Master Series. So mm-hmm. I do think LG is still poised to do very well this year. And I think Samsung's a bit of a mess, which uh, FOMO can definitely shed light on later. Mm-hmm. But I do still think that LG, because they make their own panels and their own equipment, are still poised to do well this year.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, and and as a gamer, um, that that's my perspective on the LGs. Is just. Nobody could touch them with all the, you know, the the features and compatibility that they had for things like VRR, and uh, it and, makes a difference. It really does. And this
2: year, and this year with the C2, um, the accessibility to the game optimizer is just all the picture settings are within the optimizer. Mm-hmm. So unlike Sony, where you're limited to um, whether you lose local dimming in game mode or game mode doesn't look great, you can really. Tailor however, however you want the settings to look within four presets and you really have that flexibility to still have the latency The low input lag but have the picture quality that the others just can't offer
0: nice um, Yeah, I'm here. Did you have anything that you had to did you have any thoughts on who you thought might? Uh, be the TVs to beat this year.
4: I think there's going to be a few small issues that uh, we're, we're kind of already hearing about with QD OLED uh, how much they uh, are, or how often those issues are visible or a problem. Um, I'm gonna have to wait until I get one to review uh, to see. But I think LG, the biggest question around them this year is did they catch up in the processing? Because that was the biggest difference with them and Sony last year, right? And if they made improvements to their processing similar to uh, what Samsung did, because I have the QN90B right now, um then that, that would be great because I had the 77 80 j for last year, and then I just sold it because I'm getting the 83G2. And for me, one of the reasons I went with the Sony in the first place is I watch a lot of older, lower quality. Like, I have a bunch of 1080p Blu-rays, and I watch older shows on streaming, you know, uh, Supernatural or Smallville or whatever. And older content like that is where Sony just really shines with reality creation and bringing up the detail and uh, cleaning up older sources so if lg has made improvements there that would make me very happy uh but being that i also game a lot that's why i wanted to go back with the lg and then uh the the samsung with the qn90b really surprised me um on paper they don't they didn't really do anything you know the they have different marketing terms for what they did but nothing stood out it's no new technology or whatever uh, but the way that they have adjusted their tone mapping and their local dimming algorithm, it's really transformed the TV to really be more OLED-like than the q 90 a And uh, at least in movies, it's it's blow for blow, scene to scene, against the C1. Like, which one would you want to have, the OLED or q 90 b It's a really tough decision.
0: Neat. Okay. Well, that that's a that's a perspective I I haven't really followed. I, I like I said I've. Personally been so LG and Sony focused. It's great to hear that cool uh, Fomo, I know you've had some uh, head slaps with your experience with Samsung so far. Where Where do you think? Where do you see things are going?
1: So I am very impressed with what Samsung has been able to do in the face of the OLED onslaught and it, Mostly because OLED prices are just dropping every year and this year, oh, let me end up being the value. of uh, The C1, let's say, for yeah, example, yeah, it's yeah. $2,500, right? The C1, I mean, the C2. The C2 is 2,500 MSRP. And then the QN90B is 2,600. And then, of course, you go up a little bit more. The QN95B is like over 3,000. And I know why Samsung is doing that. It's really to position itself as the better TV. But ultimately, most people don't watch in pitch darkness where OLED is really good. And if they watch, you know, moderate lit room in normal content, the Samsung does look amazing, right? They they know how to make it look really good in, let's say, 80% of the content. And when you're in a showroom, you're at Costco, you're at Best Buy, mm-hmm. the Samsung is going to kill it because it's deep blacks are OLED close. It's almost indistinguishable. And that's what I have to give credit to Samsung is they know exactly how to put their displays up. And I, I'm completely satisfied with Samsung as well. I mean, I have a Q90R, right? It's at two and a half years old or so in my in my home. For the most part, I like it. I mean, you know, now that it's older, there are some issues and I notice it, but it's still a pretty good TV. So this year, even though I think at the shootout, my guess is that QD OLED is going to win some color comparisons in sdr or hdr it's just going to have amazing color volume but it's going to be very expensive it's not going to be the user's choice i think maybe the qn85b that uh, and i and i thought this would happen that kg has reviewed even though it's an ads panel and and we know how that is a touch lower in contrast than the va however Samsung appeared to have found a way to overcome those physical challenges. So I'm already impressed. I mean, if KG is impressed, and this is the thing with our group is, we pretty much have an idea of what we like and don't like, and we talk a lot. And Mm -hmm. to hear him say that it's as good or better than the QN90A, I'm already sold on it. And I'm just like, you know what? That's pretty impressive. And that ends up being an amazing deal because already the MSRP on that is actually manageable at MSRP. So by Black Friday, that could be a pretty good TV. And now suddenly, Hisense and TCL, they really have to get their prices lower. Otherwise, when the two TV brands are within $200, $300, yeah. people will choose the Samsung regardless.
0: Yeah. So th- I didn't actually have a question about that. But definitely, if you guys have color on whether you know th- those less... I- I- I don't even know what to call them non-premium brands, but the the the, <laughs> the mass, value leaders, <laughs> the value leaders that that's a great term. Um, because okay. they because e, you know if you compare those TVs to what we had five years ago, there's no comparison, right? the 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 value leaders are, you know, killing it in in that space. That's not the space that a typical home theater forum uh, reader or especially an an AVs or. It's gonna do that. But you know, I get calls from friends and family every you know, every week saying, What T V should I buy? And of course the first question is, Well, how much do you want to spend? And you know, nine times out of ten I give them my my recommendation and they just go to Costco and buy whatever's cheapest. So I've given up on you know, having any pride of uh of of recommendations there and you you know, they're gonna buy what they're gonna buy. So But that actually brings us to our next question is that you know, despite all of the the prices on everything jumping uh, in the last year, the launch prices on all these panels seem pretty reasonable. Um, so uh, are, you, are you still recommending people hold off and wait for reviews? Or, you know, is just, you know, is by default, de facto, is a C2, you know, a better buy than a C1? Or, you know, same thing for the other brands as well. Do you wait for those reviews or you just jump on and pre-order or is it only us nuts who are crazy about panels that should even be thinking about it uh what do you think kg
3: uh so i have a different perspective kind of of this whole entire thing i think it really just depends on how bad do you need a panel and like really what your last tv was and can you wait if you can wait the answer is always wait like that's always going to be the thing but there's going to be people out there that feel that they need a panel now or they need a new TV upgrade now because their favorite game is coming out next month or sure. the game that they've been waiting for for the last three years is coming out and they want to play it on something new. So there's a lot of situations like that or they just got a new Series X and they will, they just want a new TV like now. Um, so for those kind of people, then yes, buying right now is never a bad idea because I always believe in the fact that you're going to have these TVs for about 4 or 5 months, maybe even 6 months before they really hit a big sale price and you're going to have enjoyment for those 6 months and you can't buy that. Right. So yeah. In that sense like waiting is good, but also it could be a detriment to some people because they're without a TV for a while and maybe they really want one. I think for the average people, the average person, uh yeah, definitely wait. You're going to get the best deals. Um, Black Friday is typically when you do see the sales drop, but it's actually October is when you see Black Friday sales start to happen. Because yeah. um, there's like this period of time where if you wait till June, you get like a 10% drop, um, maybe if you're lucky. And then if you wait until October, then you get that 20% drop. So it really just depends on how bad you need a panel. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, when it comes down to like you, what you were talking about in terms of who buys what, it really depends. Are you an enthusiast? Is Are you going to be somebody who wants to see extra details in movies? Because that's going to be what separates the big three, which is Samsung, LG, and Sony from like high sense and TCL. Is The processing yeah. overall is going to make a huge difference in picture quality. But if you're just a casual viewer, I would say TCL is a really good option for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. I mean, some of my friends don't even know how to get the HDR modes running, right? So they buy this, you know, $2,000 plus TV and never even take advantage of it. And, you know, they're watching, you know, strict cable boxes and stuff like that. So don't even have HDR on a lot of things. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, but for me, um, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a sing- I'm a single homeowner, and I've got three different TVs for three different purposes. So I-, I know I'm not the average person. You know, some of my requirements are a little crazy. You know, uh, Brian and I were talking about the 940E, and I love that TV, and the, um, the FALD technology on it was terrific. But just every time it goes into pans and I see dirty screen, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get an OLED to replace this. And so, you know, that's like 10 percent of my TV watching. That's basically where I'm watching cable. And I can see myself sitting on that one for another two or three years while, you know, the downstairs and upstairs is, you know, where I'm really spending my time. So what do you think? uh, What do you think, Brian?
2: Well, uh, right now is the dicey time for buying a TV. For the average person you're talking about with Costco, um, as KG mentioned, if they need a TV, they're just going to walk in, and chances are they're going to go right to Samsung, as they are the leader by a ridiculous percentage. But for most of us, I do agree with waiting, simply because there is a delineation every year between feature sets. If you had a C8, you're mad you didn't wait for a C9. Um, you didn't have HDMI 2.1. If you had an Aah a few years ago, you missed out on HDMI 2.1. You missed out on the gaming features. So it's very important to know what you really need in a panel and then wait for some reviewers, not just from professional or user reviews. And then you can go back and forth between last year's models. Uh, this year, for instance, with the X95, it'll be mini LED. It'll um, have the backlight master drive that you saw um on the Master Series, um, the Z9D, the same year of the 940E. Right, yeah. So if you're somebody who bought an X95J last year, this is a pretty big upgrade in less than nine months. Yeah. So it is a very dice- dicey time, but the allocations and the inventory are very small this year. So if you are waiting to buy a C1 or one of those TVs, you're kind of in this weird spot of waiting for reviews. But every year, things change. Some years, um, there'll be a VA panel. The next year, it'll be an IPS panel. So if you're an enthusiast of any kind, I would never recommend buying anything sight unseen without at least some reviews. And that's where, as KG mentioned, the disadvantage for TCL and Hisense are is they aren't anywhere where you can walk in and actually see them. So for me... I would still wait for reviews. I wouldn't, even though I am an enthusiast and I know a lot about these panels, I wouldn't buy a single one of them without seeing it
0: first. <laughs> yeah. Not
2: a single one.
0: Yeah. You tell me there's a 42 inch OLED, and I, I've i had my pre order in for six months or since CES. So, well, I, I mean, understand. they're
2: probably the safest yeah. of anything because yeah. they're not going to go backwards. Right. But, like, as you mentioned with full array, uh, yeah. the Z9F, which came out after the z9d was inferior
0: yeah it was half the
2: zones they got rid of the backlight master drive and and sometimes they take away large features to save Mm -hmm. money uh less zones uh full array changes so uh oleds are pretty especially the lgs you're pretty you know they're going to improve slightly you know but it's it's a very dicey time
0: gotcha what do you think uh classy uh I, when KG says that he
4: recommends people wait, I'm the opposite because. <laughs> like that's someone what like to wait here. six fight, months fight, to buy a TV. That's six months of enjoyment they could be getting for a few hundred bucks saved. Like to me, that yeah. would be worth enjoying it. Um, but that's me. Like, if it's literally launch week and you're paying full MSRP, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Uh, like last year, we saw you know pretty much all the OLEDs dropped hundreds of dollars within what two to four weeks of launch. I think um, as soon as they so, hit
0: Costco, you know Costco pricing yeah. hit, and then everybody matched that, right?
4: Yeah, the Sony seventy-seven inch A80J was supposed to be four thousand. Then they're like, okay, we're actually going to drop it to thirty-five hundred the day that it launched, and then like the next day it was three thousand. Yeah. So that that stuff can happen. So I would say give it a few weeks um, then buy, but I wouldn't really wait. Like if you're someone that wants to wait until Black Friday or whatever, that's fine, but that's however many months of not having a new TV that you're going to miss out on. Um, how much, you know, it, it also depends on what you're coming from. If you're coming from a seven year old TV, just go ahead and get something now. But if you got something from a year or two ago, you're mm-hmm. probably okay. Yeah. Uh, and then like, like you said, with the 42 inch LG, like the only competitor to that now is Sony's 42 inch. But I mean, let's face it. Most people are going to get that for a monitor. Um,
0: well, they're, they're... And then
4: that's where the LG is going to, you'll be better
0: yeah there is also an asus uh 42 inch coming but that's going to be super pricey and it's going to be yeah designed for gamers so yeah if that beats my 42 inch i will sell off the 42 inch c2 and get the asus but i have a strong suspicion that's going to be a $3,500 42 inch panel rather than a you know a $1,400 or whatever the uh, the launch price is here
4: yeah, that Asus is the only 42 with a heatsink, so we'll have to yeah. see what difference that makes. And yeah, and we're going to panel t- is in it and stuff.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about that too because I'm as as a pre-order person on that, I'm definitely concerned about that, and I want to hear what you guys think on it. We'll we'll talk about that in just a second. But uh, did you have any uh, any any thoughts on this area? FOMO.
1: You mean whether one should get it ASAP or wait until Black Friday? Yeah, I mean just
0: he, talking about the typical enthusiast. Do you think that, you know, we've got reasonable launch prices, should they pre-order based on, you know, availability or, you know, wait for reviews or somewhere in between?
1: Definitely, it depends on their budget. So let's say, for example, their budget is for an OLED, right? And it's, let's say they could afford an LG C1. They they have $1,500, $1,617, something like that. That's where the 65-inch C1 is right now. If they've never had an OLED before, get the C1 today. And you're done because the improvement in the C2 for us, we know what the improvements are because we know the C1 so well and the C10 and the C9. And so we are beyond enthusiasts. But if you've never had an OLED, it's just like, wow. And And that wow is like 90% of your experience. And then as you get to, you know, you get to know the C1, you're starting to see the issues five years later, oh, then upgrade at that point. right? Right. So... I always tell people that never had an OLED before. I think KG mentioned this, right? It depends where you're coming from. If you're coming from a C9, okay, wait for the C2 because you'll probably see the difference between a C9 and a C2. But if you're coming from any LCD TV, especially one that's more than three years old, right, before the whole Samsung uh, hundreds and hundreds of dimming zones, so you don't Mm -hmm. really get that deep black, oh, yeah. I mean, if you can get a C10 for cheap, get that, right? Yeah. Because the person who's, and we're not talking about gamers because we know that's a whole other enthusiast, but just regular Joes. Oh, man, that's C1 at all sizes, right? And 77-inch C1 at a discount. I I don't know how you can touch that for a huge experience upgrade. So, yeah, I'm all about getting last year's OLED today if you've never had
3: an OLED.
0: So that was actually Uh, the the next question. Uh, Somebody want to jump in on that?
3: Yeah, can I piggyback off of that? Sure, Um, please i want to i want to say like fomo is spot on with that i think first time tv buyers or people who haven't bought a tv in a very long time uh absolutely look at last year's models like that's probably going to be your best bang for buck and you know if even if you don't mind uh just kind of getting the TV and then logging off because uh, if you get the TV and you should keep like paying attention to everything that's going on, chances are your TV is going to be outdated next year. The way that technology is going right now, uh, your TV is probably going to be outdated in a year. So like the way I look at it is if you're going to buy a TV, just make sure that you're okay with it for the next three or four years. If you're going to be somebody who pays attention to this stuff, uh, chances are you're going to feel like you need to upgrade um, but those of you that haven't bought a TV in a very long time, just look at last year's models, and then literally just log off and don't look at anything on the internet for a while.
0: Yeah, I I concur with that as well. And when when I bought that 77 inch, I I basically followed uh, AVS on it for a month and said, "Yep, there's some compromises here." I'm gonna live with them and I never read another review in the three years since. So I, I definitely feel you on that. Brian or um or Class, you guys got any thoughts on buying closeouts?
2: Um, I always recommend if you can find a great deal, is to look at last year's model. Um, if you are a first time buyer, as the other guys have mentioned, just You buy the TV that you're looking for that fits your use case Um, but it is typically a good way to save the prices aren't falling quite as much again because the inventory short last year so you won't see much drop in price Um, But I do agree that if you buy, the best thing you can possibly do is then log off, even though a lot of people still follow us. Um, The affirmation of looking, as you mentioned, for a TV, you want to keep seeing that it's great. But in reality, the minute it's obsolete, the minute you put it in, they're already starting that new brand. So I agree. If you're looking for something from last year, it was amazing panels. Last year was a big jump in technology for almost every manufacturer. So 2021 was a great time to look back if you're looking for um, like as you know you guys mentioned maybe a larger panel um at so maybe instead of a c2 at 65 you can get yourself a 77 inch c1 i'll always go for that
1: sap can i piggyback on on whisper status's comment because this actually brings up an excellent community point our our community right a tv enthusiast you'll be surprised but we have discovered that there is a subset of tv enthusiasts who Literally like us, but we're reviewers, so we have to buy TVs. They just want to be in the conversation. They are buying a new TV every year, but instead of traveling, right? Instead of joining a golf country club, they're okay spending three to five thousand every year. Because for them, it's like, wait a minute, you know, if other people are gonna go fishing on a fishing trip yeah. twice a year, spending eight grand, yep. I'm having fun being part of the conversation, talking to Classy, talking yep. to FOMO. Hey, you're right, blah, blah, blah. That is a lifestyle now, which... I honestly never thought it would happen because I see guys hey guess what I got rid of my c10 I'm gonna get a c2 right <laughs> and and you guys all see that and it's yep. funny because like hey, you know dude you do you because yeah. four thousand is easily discretionary for many people who yeah. they don't play golf they, they right. don't go to you know they don't have season tickets yeah, don't that's have t- all four to six thousand yeah. dollars so that's absolutely fine as well I I think it's great that people look at TV buying as a lifestyle Samsung has a program where you can go upgrade every year really you're on a constant lease right right kg oh. right you're on a constant lease and you just get a new team yeah. every year but you don't get off the lease right so i i think it's fine i think it's really cool
0: yeah well that that's me in the apple ecosystem i don't know that i can do new panels every year although i would love to but yeah i i hear that so so um classy did you have any thoughts on closeouts before we kick over to the next thing
4: yeah, I would say specifically, like, if you're a, a mid-range, if you're looking somewhere in the mid-range, which, I mean, it's it's kind of weird to say, like, a C1 or the C-Series is a mid-range, but because the Gallery Series, it technically is. Yeah. If you're looking in, in that or, like, on Samsung's, if you're not going for that QN90, if you're going for the 85 or the 80, something like that, definitely look at last year um, because you'll either save money or, better yet, go bigger. And, you know, some people think, oh, well, that's going to be too big. And I'm I'll tell everybody there's no such thing as too big fill the space that you have available as much as you can
0: yeah agreed Uh, i don't care how
4: close or far you sit i sit
0: i sit eight feet from 120 inches we're good
4: yeah yeah i mean my my space that i have would fit uh, you know 97 98 100 inch whatever perfectly so if the g2 wasn't 30 grand that's what i would be getting um and i'm you know seven and a half eight feet
0: you're crushing my dreams man i keep hearing 25 grand and I'm like, all right, we'll see what Black Friday brings, but still, that's half a car. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: So, uh, but but if you're gonna go flagship and like, especially if you're a gamer, like I think gamers maybe need to look yeah. a little more closely. QN90A was pretty good for gaming, but the 90B its biggest focus was improving a lot of the issues that I saw with the 90A. Um, so, in a case like that, even though the 90B is quite a bit more expensive now than the 90A, if gaming is important and you're gonna be Distracted playing those games, pay that extra money and get the 90B.
0: What's the smallest size on the 90B?
4: Uh, in the UK, they've announced a 43. They'll probably bring the 43 here later in the year, but mm. at launch, there's a 50.
3: Okay. Um, so the 43 just popped up on Amazon for the US. So, okay, yeah, nice. so yeah, yeah.
0: What kind of pricing are we talking for that?
4: Uh, I don't know about the 43, but I know the 65 is.
0: Technically, it's 25.99,
4: but it's been on sale. Like it literally went on sale before it was even available, and then it went to 2500 from 24. It's just bouncing around, mm. um, but somewhere between 24, 26. Whereas the QN90A is probably like 800 bucks less at that size. But again, if you're a gamer and you're going to be distracted by the backlighting and the lifted, you know, blacks and stuff in gaming, a lot of that was improved this year. And okay. that's a case where I would say pay the extra.
0: All right. Well, FOMO brought up the this concept of the the heat sinks not being available on all of the 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 C two line. Uh, can can are is one are one of you able to talk through that FOMO? Is that something you're? Able I, to? I'm. A,
1: it was the you mean the EX right? The smaller. Yeah. The smaller C 2s Yeah. Yeah.
0: So especially me get getting the forty two. Uh, am I going to be frustrated that the, the chip's different than the other C2s? Uh,
4: I can cover this if you want, FOMO.
1: Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Kassi. Yeah, I know you've been covering it. Go for it, buddy.
4: Yeah. Okay, so first to distinguish EX from everything else, LG Display came up with the term EX. LG el- Electronics specifically is very adamant that they do not recognize that terminology. They will only say that they source the... Uh, most advanced panels. That's their wording. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a way for them to cover that they're going to take whatever panel is available, like whatever's created and still available, and put them where they can. So in the C2s, uh, Vincent of HGTV Test already has the 42-inch C2 and confirmed it's not even a 2021 panel. It's a 2020 WBC panel that was used in the C10s okay. and older. So there's the panel lottery is still alive and well. And the what makes that really questionable is they put the Evo branding on the 42 and 48 when last year they made it pretty clear that the Evo branding was supposed to be the WBE 2021 panel plus their processing and other factors that mm. they wanted to put into it. That's the branding from LG Electronics side. Um, now, when it comes to the larger sizes of the C2 and the G2, all we know for sure at this point is that uh, DNICE measured the SPD and he told me it measures the same as the 2021 WBE panels. So what does that mean? We have to see more samples because we just because the SPD is the same doesn't mean the panel's the same. It could be just minor improvements or changes for the EX, but it's gonna take some more time to know if certain sizes or certain models are gonna have EX or not. Um, But what you pretty much can expect is most of them should be the 2021 WBE panel um, with or without EX improvements. And then some of them will still be the older, older 2020 WBC panel.
0: I I think I could be happy with that, right? If, If I get the older panel and the one that I've got, I probably won't, you know, cycle through them sending them back to Robert. You know, time will tell. But I, I, I wonder if you guys think that it's simply a mistake to give all these C2s the, the same branding or they they should have called it a C2A or something like that.
1: So my comment to that, and, and this is so important that a Class C mentions why it's a panel lottery, why it should concern you, because if you're a gamer, what we noticed with the C1 last year is ABL and HDR, the c one Definitely has ABL. Whereas the C2 with the new panel that uh, Whisper Status has seen, there's absolutely no ABL. And assuming that that translates to if the smaller C2, if it's a panel lottery and you happen to get the new EX panel first, will they also push it so it doesn't have ABL or will they purposely make it like all the other panels and the ABL is equally aggressive on all? The C2s at the smaller size. That way, people cannot tell if they have one or the other. Mm-hmm. My fear is that they're going to make them all the same. The ABL will be equally the same on all the smaller sizes so that that way you can't complain, hey, I got the worst ABL one, right? So, I don't think it matters because LG would need to do that. Otherwise, they're going to have a nightmare of returns because everyone's suspecting, yeah. oh, I must have the other panel because I could see an HDR, right, yeah. light drops. We don't know yet, but that is what I expect is going to happen. So if you are getting a smaller one, the panel lottery shouldn't affect you because LG is known to have the more superior panel mm-hmm. be processed down to the level of the worst panel.
0: Right. So I guess the downside to that would be that there's more wear and tear on the panel, right? And if I'm not planning on keeping it for longer than three years, that may or may not be something that's on my mind, or is there something I should be more concerned about than that?
1: I don't think wear and tear is an issue generally, but I am not a 24-7 gamer. So I'm going to pass this to Classy because he is in the 24-7 gaming community. And I know that uh, Whisper status, he doesn't feel it's an issue either. So I think that the hardcore gamers like KG, Classy, and Whisper, they will give you a more conservative answer. I'm just like, ah, what the hell, just have fun with yeah. it. But then I'm not a serious well, gamer like you guys.
0: I, I, again, I, I'm a gamer, but I'm running going to run this as a PC monitor. So I'm going to be PC gaming on it. And also, uh, assuming that you know it doesn't drive me mad the way the 48 did, um, that uh, you know I'll be doing just general... PC work on that, although most of my real, you know, day-to-day stuff is on the Mac. So what do you, what do you think, uh, uh, KG or I'm classy?
4: Um, well, first I, I I just want to differentiate the difference in ABL and ASBL because they're two very different things. Okay. Um, so FOMO, are you, when you say ABL, I, I think you're talking about like logo dimming where, it'll just dim over time like the problem with the sony's because you can't do anything about it is, is that specifically what you're talking about
1: right where there's where gamers are complaining hey they're playing this game and then suddenly or gradually but they notice the dimming but i don't know okay. which
3: yeah, algorithm
1: they're using right so who know, i don't know what that one is but it is a dimming effect for sure
4: yeah so that that would be the asbl or more commonly you know just logo dimming it like it detects Static elements or things that look the same over time, and then we'll slowly make them dim the panel uh, to prevent you know burn-in, image retention, whatever. ABL nothing can defeat ABL. That's a power requirement or requirement issue that even you know LCDs have. That's where, as a if you put up a white square and it gets bigger and bigger, as it gets bigger, it the light output drops, the nits drop. So you know, with the new C2s hitting like 150 nits full screen, you know, that that's the limitation of the panel at a full screen white. That's the ABL side. Uh, when it comes to the ASBL or the logo detection dimming, the C1s, they can disable that as well, but it's default out of the box. It's like kind of buried in the menus. Um, it's, it's turned on by default. So it's very possible that with the new ones, they just by default, turn it off. Now, uh, I, I, You know, maybe anyone that's gone through the settings menu could see, but um, the other thing is, LG is so light with it because, like, if it's on the low setting, it's only going to dim by 15% over a period of five minutes. Whereas Sony is a 50% dimming all the Mm -hmm. time, no way to turn it off whenever it detects static elements. Um, So that's why on the Sony, it's much more aggressive. Um, But the that setting on the LG. Like I said, it's, it's there, and if you turn it off, and you can even go on the service menu and disable another form of dimming from there. Um, but you know, most people aren't going to do that. But as far as like using the TV as a monitor, I, I was just having this conversation with a, a viewer in the comments about uh, him disagreeing when I said that the C1 is the best monitor. And, I mean, when you look at the monitor space, there's nothing that comes close. And when it comes to LCDs with the slower pixel response time and the blurring and stuff, that OLED really is a better looking image. And then over time, I mean, I use my 48 inch C1 as a monitor and have absolutely no problems. There's no image retention. Uh, I'm actually going to do a video on how to set it up properly for a monitor. Um, Sam, when you said that you were having uh, some qualms with the 48 inch C1, what was it specifically? I,
0: I just can't move it back far enough. It's just too in my face. Okay. And so, yeah, so, so the forty-two, for the forty-two, I'm hoping to put on a VESA mount and put it up on the wall, and it'll be far enough away, and I'll be able to bring it closer if I need to. But the forty-eight was just eye strain killer.
4: Yeah, that's pretty much my situation too. I got a VESA mount for it, but it's still it's just too big. And like when I stream, there's nowhere to put my camera except in front of the screen because I can't put it that high up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm gonna get the forty-two as well.
0: Whisper, did you have any thoughts on the, the heat sinks? Are they the real deal or any concerns you've got with gaming?
2: Um, in regards to the heat sinks, only the <clears throat> G2 is going to have that this year with LG, mm-hmm. um, the gallery series. Um, as far as the, the different panels with the 42, 40 inch, you can actually make yourself absolutely crazy. With that, which we had those issues with Samsung many years ago about figuring out which panel you have. So you're going to make yourself nuts in regards to that. Um, It is known that the 42-inch and the 48-inch C2s aren't quite as vibrant but they still are a bit more vibrant than the c1 Mm -hmm. so i think you'll be very very happy with it and just kind of call it a day because there's really no way to really unless you get into the calibration equipment and i'll talk a little bit on the calibrations that d nice did that was one preset with everything disabled most people are not going to do that in one preset they're going to let the things run wild with dynamic tone mapping so they are very vibrant i do think it's an appreciable difference this year so i think you'll be very happy with it regardless of what panel you get and wear and tear i think it's only when the panel is actually enabled okay i think you'll be fine i game on my c1 83 inch constantly so in gar- regards to burn-in, I feel like that's kind of been handled. Um, you can't game with the same exact game every minute of the day without switching content, but to me that's really the key is if you're going to game harder on an OLED, just switch up your content or run some demos at the end of the night just to give the pixels a little bit of a jump and to move them around. Um, otherwise, I don't have any real um, concerns about which panel I'm getting. That was a tough thing last year as the Evos were, weren't were evenly dispersed. Some were Evo, some weren't. Some 55-inch that weren't supposed 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 to be evos were evos so i think you can make yourself nuts with that you're better off just hoping it doesn't exist
0: yeah and like i said i'm running a 40 40 uh, 48 inch c1 five plus hours a day when i'm when i'm gaming and haven't even considered burning and if i get the hdr effect on that that i do on a 42 inch c2 for the pc i'll be happy as long as, as long as i can live with it being in my face
2: so, really, the 48 is mostly the size that you're struggling with? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That I, I literally have, like, 12 inches I can push it back on a desk. So, it, it's yeah, just I think too much. Know. So, I'm running a 27, and the 27 is perfect right now. I got a real nice Asus uh, 1440p, nice. and that's perfect. And so, the 42 might be a problem. We'll see. We'll see. Coming i think soon. you'll
2: love it i mean they're they're gorgeous and they're much lighter than they were so they they feel they're like almost half the weight as the c1 and c cx
0: gotcha um so so uh whisper brought up burnin uh, he he doesn't think it's an issue i don't think it's an issue how about you guys uh kg or classy you guys got any uh input on that
3: yeah um i don't think it's an issue for most people i think it's a really specific use case maybe it's an issue if you're somebody who watches nothing but like cnn if you're a tv watcher you watch nothing but the same program every day with the same static logo that could be an issue over time um for gamers i think unless you play the same game daily like 24 7 you probably won't run into issues with burn-in And then on the PC uh, slash Mac side of things, like if you're somebody who does productivity work, it's hard to recommend an OLED for um, productivity just because you have a lot of static elements that are never gonna move. I'm one of the crazy ones that actually uses a 48 inch OLED for a monitor for productivity. And um, I got the same complaints you got uh, with the whole it being too big and taking up way too much desk space and the, the back is like way bigger than most monitor backs, yep. but that's another thing. But um, the burn-in thing is probably going to really only affect those kind of people. Productivity users, people who watch the same channels all the time and then yep. maybe if you play the same game 24-7. Yep. But I think most casual gamers or most people in general – Probably will never run into in. I don't want to say never, but you most likely won't run into that in the three, four years, maybe five years. I doubt it because you're constantly changing up what you watch and what you game. So you're going to uh, give your uh, panel a little more life. And then the technology that they've been putting in these OLEDs the last couple of years has been getting better in terms of anti in protection so I mean yeah, I think I think, I think, I think people this, are safe
0: I think at this point if the CX or C1 were still having significant burn-in issues we would be seeing people post you know YouTube videos complaining about it and I certainly haven't seen that I don't maybe they're out there and I just haven't seen them but I don't so- know.
3: I could tell nice. you that I've had this monitor for about six or seven months, and I do nothing but like um, DaVinci Resolve editing on it, and mm-hmm. uh, Photoshop and Affinity Photo, just pretty much a lot of productivity stuff. I even do like music apps, which is Ableton Live, where I'm editing music for like six hours a day, mm-hmm. and I have no static element burn in anywhere. And I check from time to time. So. That's great. Class- yeah, the
4: go ahead. The the main biggest issue was addressed a few years ago so uh like ratings did their burn-in test and you know they saw the cnn burn but those were on c7s and so after Mm the c7s uh maybe maybe the c8s are included Mm -hmm. um they actually changed the panel design to have much smaller red subpixels because that was the problem gotcha um so that if you look If you try to find anyone with a C9 even with Burn-In, it would have to be someone that's well in like the 10,000 hour range or more. And then they've also added the compensation cycles where every four hours of activity of the TV being on, when you turn it off, it's going to do like a short five minute pixel refresh in the background. And those are like the two biggest changes that didn't delete the possibility of Burn-In, but more or less did to... The point that it's it's really not an issue and what i tell people is do you want to buy an lcd and from day one every day that you have it you have that dirty screen effect somewhere on the panel whether yeah. it's even if it's minor it's still there like do you want to deal with that or do you want to have an oled for years and enjoy it and then maybe five years from now start to see and it's not like burn-in just pops up you know super noticeable one day it's very slow and gradual um gotcha so it's it's really not a concern.
0: Yeah, I mean that's where I've been for years, and so I'm glad to hear you guys backing me up on it. I think my concern is that like every time I watch a YouTube review, and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody here, that it's they always bring up the 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 burn-in potential, and I think it's just so that people don't bust their balls about you know not mentioning it, and uh, that if something goes wrong, that they could blame them for not <laughs> talking them out of it. So. That's where I'm well, at. Well, Sam,
2: if I could, if I could jump in real yeah. quick with Classy had said about the C7, um, it was actually the C8 that was also. Um, and you guys all remember this. The C8 and C9 were very vibrant. The C8 was extremely vibrant, very saturated. Mm. But I do have a couple of friends that do have burn in on them. I think they kind of put the chain on the panels with the CX and the C1. People felt they weren't quite as vibrant. So, I mean, there were more safeguards in place to keep it from happening. I do feel the C2 is kind of a throwback to the C8 and the C9 in terms of vibrancy. They just found a better way to make the panels more efficient. But um, I haven't seen any real issues since the C8 um, as far as burning.
0: That's great to hear. How about you, Foma? You got any concerns?
1: Everyone who's been concerned about it, I almost exclusively always say, if you are a 24/7 gamer or you have this on a sports bar and you're running CNN or ESPN yeah. 24/7 to me that is a different use case but if you are
3: a Home normal user, person yeah. normal
1: gamer yeah. I don't think it's a concern at all yeah. and and I tell them like hey There are two types of people that are risk-tolerant and, you know, risk-averse. The risk-averse, just get the extended warranty and you're covered, right? Pay a little bit more and you're done. And if you're risk-tolerant or you know you're going to replace the TV every four years, it's not gonna be a problem for the next four years. But they always ask me, well, I'm gonna keep it for eight years. What do you think? I'm like, oh, there's so much that could go wrong in eight years. I think burning is the last of your problems. But yeah, it definitely is, it just depends on some people. But yeah, I I rarely mention burning unless they directly ask me. And it has to be like a hardcore, I use it on a computer and a PC. And even then, like you guys are using it on your computer and you have no fear at all of burning. I don't think it's an issue.
0: Awesome. So we've talked a lot about the the 42 inch but mostly because I've got one on pre-order. Does anybody have any intention of going big, uh the 97 or are you looking at other 85 plus inch TVs this year?
4: Um I'm I've already got my, you know, pre-order or reservation whatever with Robert in for the 83
1: inch G2. Okay.
0: All right. And um
1: I I I had an 83 inch A Net EJ that I ended up selling because I simply didn't have the room. <laughs> so i was like, oh, this is so cool. So
0: you're tapped then,
1: out. So 97's yeah. right out. Well, if it's for my personal, like, room where it's <laughs> yeah. only one TV, I yeah. take the 97, uh, you know, in a heartbeat when the price yeah. is right. But for what I do, yeah, it's just unrealistic that the 83 will never be used. I, I have, like, Four, six, 65 inches right next to each other. Mm. I thought, wait a minute, the 83 inches to be covered up. I'm never going to use it. Man. And I want someone else to enjoy it. Whereas I'm like, I might watch it once a week when the family is over in the studio, but yeah. that's not worth it. So gotcha. I ended up FOMOing myself. I was <laughs> afraid of missing out on 83 inches. Like, oh, yeah. oh, I should not have gotten it. But oh, well, you know, my, my FOMO is someone else's gain.
0: So for those that are. Yeah. So for me, uh, 25k is right out, right? Um, but there is a price where where I would switch be- between projection and a 97 inch. I don't know where that number is yet, but it's definitely under 10 grand, and I don't think we'll get there this year, but maybe next year.
3: Anybody else going big? Oh, so I went big last year. Uh, I went 77-inch A80J, and I think mm-hmm. that's probably my TV purchase, my big TV purchase for a while. Mostly probably just get like 55, 65-inch from here on out. Uh, but I absolutely think that my purchase last year was an excellent one. I love the 77-inch A80J, and um, yeah, I don't see myself going any bigger than that anytime soon.
0: Have you guys heard anybody, reviewer-wise, that is planning on getting something that big, the 97? Well, what- We will see
2: it at Value Electronics. Uh, I work closely with them. So I've already reported on the 100-inch X92, the 98-inch QN90A. We'll see the G2 in a few weeks at 97 inches so i'll be bringing that information as soon as they're there so as soon as it is available in store robert gets things a couple yeah. of weeks early we'll have it on the channel uh, right away
0: awesome i do all my purchases through robert and i may have to take a ride up to scarsdale to take a look at that well he,
2: he told me to tell you hello i spoke to him today
0: <laughs> nice <laughs> Right. So Robert...
2: uh, as far as me go, me going big, I have the 83 inch C1. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be upgrading this year to perhaps the 85 inch Z9K. But an interesting conversation is as these panels um, are larger, unfortunately, their price is getting right up there with JVC and Sony projectors.
0: Yeah, so, that's so the next that makes question.
2: an interesting yeah. conversation.
0: Yeah, do, do any of you guys have projector backgrounds? I I, I run both, so uh, I've yeah. Been...
2: I mean, I. I do, and even Spare Change, who I work with, um, who has the JVC currently the seven series AK, it's absolutely mind blowing.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so you've had some, you spent some time with it watching movies.
2: Yeah, I mean it's very, very bright. um, Yeah. Unlike a lot of other projectors, but it's, uh, you know, as FOMO and I were talking off camera today, it's the addition of the right screen it's gaming's kind of out in retur- in regards to features um mm-hmm. just the way projectors show their image it's not quite as clean as mm-hmm. uh, a display but uh you can also go as large as you want to mm-hmm. so i mean not just stuck at 100 inches where tv you have screen uniformity issues to worry about at that size uh the panels are massive mm-hmm. but uh it then obviously if you want tvs are more versatile for a living room or game room where projectors if it's the dedicated screen in an all-black room, projectors are very, very hard to beat. They just they, and they look amazing. They're so filmic yep. that even even very grainy older films look their absolute best.
0: Yeah, I, where
2: on a good,
0: I I put on DVDs and and upscale them to 120 inches, and people are blown away. It's crazy.
2: And, and filmic my movies that don't look great on our bright LEDs, um, where the grain structure sometimes looks like noise on a projector, it completely evaporates and it just looks. Just like the theater, it was meant to look. So, it's an interesting conversation. Sorry, if TVs drop in price, it'll be more interesting. But right now, they're almost expensive, if not more expensive than a projector.
0: Yeah, and and so I I considered getting the eight series and actually put in a pre order with Robert. He just hasn't been able to get you know to get them. Um, there hasn't but, been any. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I would buy it today if Robert calls me up and says, "Hey, we've we finally got a a JVC eight here." Do you want it? He he offered me a seven, and I yeah, yeah. waffled. Well, he was
2: saying, it. too, sit tight, because I guess what he saw with Sony, which he can't release the information, yeah. was extremely impressive with their new projectors.
0: Yeah, and believe it or not, people are saying that, you know, the Epsons are, you know, coming up on them, and they're like, yeah, yep. the blacks aren't as great. And I'm like, oh, man, I've got a JVC Dilla now, and I'm like, yeah. I'm not going back to... Anything less less than those black levels,
2: and I feel for you projector guys simply because it's like speakers. I mean, you can it's different tastes, but you really can't walk into a store and say, Mm -hmm. okay, that one. Is better and watching, you know, Shane, who I work with, go through these twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollar projectors and say this one is a little better, but I miss this from the other one. We really don't experience <laughs> it that much with TVs. And with TVs, you're like, okay, I can see it in the store, or you know, it's usually yeah. a little bit better. But projectors yeah. just such a, a large investment, and to not be able to have them demoed properly is yeah. very difficult.
0: Well, and I have even posted at AVS saying, look, I will travel anywhere from Virginia to New York. And as west as Pennsylvania, who's got a JVC seven or eight I can come look at? And nobody's volunteering. Yep. I'm like, I'll bring beer and popcorn. I'll bring steaks. What what do you want?
2: <laughs> yeah, well hit so, up hit up Robert because um, yeah. I know and we have a studio shared space and we will have those projectors shut up such sh- we'll have projector shootouts. Yep. So hit him up and let me know yeah. when you're down there. I'll meet you down there and okay, cool. um, he'll definitely demo one for you in the back theater. Well,
0: well, let's plan on when the 97 arrives, I will be there that week. How about that?
2: It, it, it'll be in a it'll be shortly, but yep. I'll let you know.
0: All right, cool. All right, anybody else have thoughts on projectors?
1: Yeah, well, I used that, to that Now that I heard the Sony, I have more <laughs> for the new Sony projector. Darn okay. you whisper. Yep. <laughs>
0: Sorry, <laughs> who, my who, bad. <laughs> that's right. Who else was coming in? uh me so yeah i have
4: had quite a few projectors um with where i'm living now it's not really an option but when i move that's like one of the main concerns is having a room that'll be good for projector uh and then i'm friends with uh, Sammy Prescott he's been a ISF calibrator for like a decade and he does projector reviews for Projector Central now and cool. he's going to be doing his own youtube channel soon and uh he's moving some things around right now so he can get the JVC RS4100 and a mad vr envy and just really high-end projector stuff so um you know just keep an eye out for sammy prescott's channel whenever he gets to it
0: will do and you bring up a great point from that um the the casey shootout everybody's talking about what mad envy brings mad vr brings to um the projector world and i really need to get a an expert on the show to walk us through that. So maybe I'll pick you guys brains after the show to see if you've got some recommendations. We can do a similar round table on that. That's awesome. So yeah, I'm sure um,
4: you got, know, I can give you uh, Sammy's information after and you, know, you contact him and he can help you with all that stuff.
0: Awesome. Awesome. We'll start there for sure. So again, we're kind of wrapping up here. The one last question I had was: Do you guys think CDA will be as big a bust as it was last year? I mean, they did run the show, but about fifteen percent of the vendors were actually there. Do you think we'll see that show?
1: Uh, I'll start because I'm a CDIA guy. I I don't know what is considered success at Cydia because I don't plan on going because it's just too installer yeah. centric for me. Yeah. But uh, what if yeah, they have the new I, Sony there? Well, that's the only reason. <laughs> that's the only
0: reason. Yep. Okay, maybe. Okay, anybody else? All right, I guess it's just me. I, I I had flights booked and everything for last year, and I would have been over the moon seeing those JVCs come out. So maybe I'll plan this year and, and pin my hopes on the Sony and that the Sony's not outside of my budget. This has been a great conversation, guys. Anybody have anything they want to close with? Well, I'm just
2: uh, very grateful that you had me on and connected me again. I work with all these guys that you have on the channel, classy tech with KG and FOMO, but it's a pleasure to meet you and to be introduced to your listeners and i uh, very grateful to be on. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Anybody else?
3: Yeah. I'd like to jump in and say, thank you for having me on. It is a pleasure to be on this channel, uh, on this show. And, um, I always enjoy talking with all the individuals that are on this podcast um, this community that we have here, this AV community, it's great. Like, I think this is probably the best community that I've ever been a part of. So, uh, thank you everybody.
0: Awesome. I, I, and I echo that for sure. You know, I, I know some people get very proprietary about, you know, their communities and stuff like that, but I think that there are so many different pockets and the the rise of the, the YouTubers, including you guys has, has done nothing but but bring this community even further forward.
4: Yeah, and uh, you know, me too. Thank you for having me on. And um, again, the community is great. And you know, I'm a proponent of just spread the information openly to as many people as you can reach. And you know, I, I don't understand people that try to keep things st- things to themselves and whatever. I just like to spread what we learn. And uh, I think this year, you know, last year was a really big year over 2020. I think this year has a few things that will probably surprise us, uh, yep. so it will be an interesting year to see if it can match last year.
0: Awesome. FOMO, you got the last word.
1: Uh, well, I normally yell, stop the FOMO, but I think people realize <laughs> now that's actually an ironic statement. Yep. <laughs>
0: that's right. We're, gonna, because we're I, gonna... I
1: don't think you could ever stop the FOMO, but that's yeah. why you have to yeah. remind me, hey, stop the FOMO, but then yeah. I go out and create FOMO. That's the irony of it uh... all. But
0: there's so many cool things, and and the, there you are know, it. It's such a mature technology. I am shocked at how many year over year improvements there continue to be. So that's what makes this community awesome that we can all enjoy that. Well, I thank you guys Absolutely. very. I thank you guys very much. We'll definitely have all of you back on again, and uh, we'll see uh, what the the new Sony's bring. And I'm looking forward to all of your reviews for all the different panels because I've got my targets picked out but maybe you guys will fomo me into different choices too so
2: So. (laughs) awesome (laughs) thanks for having us awesome thanks
0: well thank you all very much this has been a great show shout out to brian uh we missed you brian uh hopefully have you back sometime soon and uh we'll look forward to keeping the show going and um we'll be back in a couple weeks so thanks everybody talk to you soon